Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Yasna Borza. Good morning, beautiful humans. My genius is in the making. It's Yasna here. Excited for yet another fantastic, brilliant podcast episode, which is actually a follow-up from a conversation that I had with Michael Gelb about three years ago. And I met Michael in um, Boston uh, during one of my masterminds and he was our speaker and I was just completely blown away, felt such attraction towards him and his wife, um, attractions to their work, attraction to their wisdom. I just felt completely pulled to be in their sphere of influence. And I really wanted to continue to learn from Michael and be his his student. Um, You will see why this man is incredible. We have an original podcast with Michael about his book, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, which is one of the best books ever written in this century, hands down. And um, that's because it has been New York Times bestselling uh, book for I don't even know how long. And um, you, this is a, we have that conversation. Uh, it's on the podcast. We will link it. But this is a follow-up. In 2022, I do believe that uh, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, that book is even more relevant than ever because of the noise. It's kind of incredible. Michael wrote the book in 1998. And um, so it was 24 years ago. And as I was going through the book, I'm like, oh my God, it's written for these times. It is, we need this. So my personal beliefs are that we are delegating our genius. We are dumbing ourselves down. We're becoming more and more mediocre as as the people. And we are anything but. We are geniuses in the making. I do believe we're born with such power and light that we came into this world with. And I think that we need to learn how to excavate that and give birth to it. And Michael Gelb, um, his book, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, does just that. So uh, Michael Gelb is the world leading authority on the application of genius thinking to personal and organizational development. And he's such a pioneer in the field of creative thinking, uh, innovative leadership and executive coaching. And he's worked with like some of the largest companies in the world, like DuPont, Emerson, Microsoft, Nike, um, etc. He is the author of 17 books. You guys, he's just such a brilliant humor, uh, human. Um, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, Discover Your Genius, Innovate Like Edison, The Art of Connection, um, etc., etc. And his books have been translated into 25 languages and sold over 1 million copies. Um, he's just a fun guy to be around a good solid human and he takes his own medicine and I asked him about like what are the principles of Leonardo da Vinci that are the most important today in 2022 and he gives such an interesting answer and I really hope that you will listen it's not a long podcast but it is so incredibly impactful and I really believe needed 
also get his book how to think like leonardo da vinci and study it wake up we are the ones we have been waiting for i really do believe that we're so capable of everything that has been placed in our heart if we just decide and take one step forward so without further ado my follow-up conversation with a dear 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 mentor and friend michael galp the the how to think like leonardo da vinci written 24 years ago still the most read best written one of the best written books ever of this century i believe why do you think it is still still so incredibly relevant in 2022 well one of my mottos is it's either universal truth or it's bullshit <laughs> so by its nature truth would be true across different cultures from different traditions in different languages different religions it doesn't matter they're different ways of approaching what is true and we go back to the ancient greeks socrates plato the birth of philosophy the love of wisdom mm -hmm is predicated on the focus on, on, on three interrelated things, truth, beauty, and goodness. Truth, beauty, and goodness. So philosophy, the love of wisdom is how do we find truth? How do we find beauty? How do we find goodness? And, you know, one of the big secrets is that they're interrelated, they're connected. Mm -hmm. So as we go through human history, the greatest geniuses, the most extraordinary beings who have showed up and informed or enlightened or inspired humanity are those who somehow embody, manifest, or express truth, beauty, and goodness. Mm. Of those people, Leonardo da Vinci is, is one of the certainly most extraordinary most well-known there are plenty of others who have showed up who, who didn't get as good pr <laughs> so we never heard of them you know there's women and people you know who never got attention paid to their to their genius mm -hmm. but for a whole range of different reasons leonardo has become the archetype for our human quest to find truth to find beauty to find goodness he he is the ultimate uomo universale the universal human who represents what we're all capable of mm -hmm. so when my grandmother told me about him when i was just a kid and i thought well that's just you you know my famous story about how my other hero is superman uh, but i realized superman was a comic book character but leonardo was real so i realized that it was worth studying his life and then and then i found that that wonderful question which is what is he trying to teach us that's what distinguishes my work from anything else that anybody else had done about leonardo was i've said, oh he did this art and he was amazing in this way and he did this anatomy but my question was what's he trying to teach us what's he trying to teach us and the great thing is you read the notebooks and he answers that question. He's giving advice to his students. So all I did was follow the guidance of that question. What's he trying to teach us? 
and then come up with, with the principles I abstracted for his methodology and then translate them into contemporary terms so that anybody who's interested in more truth, beauty, or goodness in their life can get the experience of having Leonardo da Vinci as their personal mentor as they go through the book. Mm. So, yeah, and the fun thing is I do actually read my own books over again as the years go by to see how they're holding up. I love that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and I talked to the publisher about, uh, should we do a you know, 25th anniversary new edition? But they said, you know, the book, the book is evergreen because you wrote it in such a way that the exercise that you could do to have more truth, beauty, or goodness in your life 25 years ago is probably even more relevant now in the age of TikTok and Instagram that you actually take the time to do the exercises. And I'll tell you what, Deborah and I actually do them ourselves now. We're, we were sitting at dinner the other night. And as we finished dinner, we're drinking, we had a comparative tasting of wines and we, we were listening to multiple versions of one of our favorite songs and listening to, and the amazing thing is, you know, we just tell uh, Siri to play this song and this version of it. So we're listening to multiple versions of the song and then comparing notes literally and figuratively about which was the most beautiful. And we do this with different genres. So that's an exercise that not only teaches you about music, mm -hmm. but you also connect with your partner that much more deeply. And you know, it's one of the sensazioni exercises in the book that you know, I put in the book 25 years ago, but we actually do that today. And it's, so, it's even easier to do it now because of uh, the technology we have. Mm -hmm. So yes, I expect somebody will do that 50 years from now. You, you, I think you said two things that are so brilliant the, at the beginning, the truth, the truth. That's why the classics are the classics. Like it's right, exactly. so, so um, uh, important and impactful in today's world. And, and I think what you said, the book is even more relevant now than in 998, because especially because you wrote this, um, I think at the beginning of the book, you said, I'm going to read this out. We live in a world of unprecedented noise, fog, and traffic. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like he's literally talking. And it's so relevant today. And you said, you two are born of the sun and traveling towards it. This is a guidebook inspired by one of the history's great souls for that journey. An invitation for the vivid air to feel the fire in your heart center and the full flowering of your spirit. You're referring there to the point of Sir Stephen Spender, but yes. here in 2022, I, I, I just feel like your words mean even more. When I reread that, because I read your book multiple times, sure. um, a long, long time ago, and then recently, again, two years ago when we met, and then now I'm rereading it again as I'm writing the book, but the level of noise, Michael, is deafening right now, and mediocrity abounds. So I feel like we have forgotten to evoke our own genius. Like I get caught up in, in, in the noise of it all. So why do you think it is so easy, much easier to forget, forget that capability that we have within us? Well, it's a complex uh, question and there are multiple answers, but I can share a few thoughts. But first I gotta tell you, see like when you just read that thing, 
Like I forget that it's for my book and I just feel moved just to hear that because so I'm reading, I, you know, when I read, I go, damn, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this. This is because uh, no, just kidding, you know. <laughs> that, that's because you're, just like, whoa, this I is think good. When you're inspired, when you're in the flow, the, the right. way the way the book reads to me multiple times, it felt like you were channeling. It felt like you were literally like you were so it felt like you were one with with uh, Leonardo. It felt like he was literally within you. His spirit was. I believe that that is the case. As you were writing it, that's probably why. Well, you know. So, do you know who Gene Houston is? No. Gene Houston is a, a, a genius in her own right. She's a anthropologist, psychologist. Oh, yes. She worked with Margaret Mead, a multiple PhD author. She runs a mystery school and i've known her for many many years and you know she traveled around the world and didn't just study shamanism academically she became initiated as a true spiritual guide she's an amazing powerful person being goddess mm. so right after the book came out i was speaking at a conference uh, it was called the Family Therapy Networker. They had 500 therapists there. And there were two keynote speakers, Gene Houston and myself. And the book had just come out. And Gene Houston, I hadn't seen her for quite a few years, but she walked up behind me and she just whispered in my ear. She said, Leonardo is very pleased with you. Oh, you wrote that in the book. Oh my God. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, it does feel, I do, I felt like, Soul, some soul level affinity was, and I still feel it. I mean, I feel, you know, you see my, this is my office and there's, it's filled with Leonardo stuff. <laughs> anyway, why do things uh, seem worse now? Uh, and by the way, things always seem worse, but they're also, also better now than they ever have been. Mm. So it, it, another genius said it was the best of times it was the worst of times so we're at the worst of times in the sense that technology has created a situation where your nervous system can easily be hijacked and you won't get it back when you're addicted to all of the lowest common denominator garbage that is available you know on your device and you can just get caught in all everything that preys on your fear your prejudice your lust uh, your desires without uplifting you or reminding you of who you are or what your potential or capacity is mm -hmm. at the same time you could do what i was talking about before and listen to multiple versions of nessun dorma sung by different singers uh, uh, for free instantaneously while drinking two different great wines that you had shipped to your house at unbelievably low prices while tasting incredible food that also was just shipped to your house and made organically from some, you know, in some incredible way by artisanal people who imbued it with incredible love. So it's the best of times and the worst of times. Dickens was right. Right, Dickens was right. But so what it requires more than ever is discernment and discipline. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those are not, you know, you're not going to learn those in school. 
You're not going to learn those uh, on television. Uh, you're only going to learn those if you're blessed to be uh, raised by someone who guides you in that direction. Uh, if you are blessed to be associated with other people who are, you know, serious, like you have to be like a martial artist of the mind in terms of curating what comes in to your, to your space on every level. I would also, if I may add, I think, you know, what you have coming up, the, the genius master and even the book, I think, I believe that reading a book, you are almost spending time with Michael and Leonardo. And I think that for me, books have been life changing. But I think that the sermon can come as an aha moment if you read this and you are inspired to create that change in your life. Well, that's why I wrote it. I mean, that's, you know, how do I, what can I do? Like, that's how I determine what, how can I help humanity uh, by expressing something that I know about, care about. Uh, so yeah, that books can, books can help. Uh, what's so great is how much the high quality stuff that's just available for free on your device. I mean, I go to sleep every night. I listen to some, uh, some spiritual teachers who I follow. There's incredible music. Uh, there are meditations. I do coherent breathing. I do box breathing. Uh, I do uh, uh, Wim Hof breathing. I do, you know, it, it's all there for free. It's unbelievable. I, I did a thing, I, I, had a, a, I had two weeks of Beethoven where I went to sleep every night listening to a Beethoven symphony. Oh. And for free, it's my, it's, I mean, going to bed, listening to the sixth symphony, I'd listened to it before, but just you know, the thing about just lying there listening to it before going to sleep, just unbelievable. The only problem is Deborah, my wife's a little bit, when I'm going, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> Take it down or not. I have to hear. I love anyway. it. You know, Wayne Dyer said, you know, what, the, what you go to sleep with, you'll let marinate for eight hours in your subconscious. Right. And I love that. But unfortunately, and that is why, why the, you know, the impetus for the book, a lot of my clients, a lot of my friends are sitting in the bedroom with their spouse, both on their phones until it's time to um, tune out. And what are they watching? It's chaos, sensation. Right. Um, things that are not feeding. I, I think the mental diet is so incredibly important. That's discernment. And you're right. Like We do have a choice. Right. Yeah, but we're in the prison of our own mind. So making that distinction. I mean, and like if you, if you, you know, I've been trying to watch a little bit of football lately and some basketball, but I can't watch it without uh, taping it and speeding through because the commercials are yeah. so vile. Mm -hmm. And, and you, I've seen this theme. It's disgusting, poisonous junk food. Mm -hmm. That's half the commercials. Mm -hmm. The other half of the commercials are the drugs you need to take because you've been eating that junk food for 20 or 30 years. How well said. That's what's on TV. So, yeah, and I get it. It's like if it's in your face all the time and you just don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And, and you don't understand that that your brain is is designed by millions of years of evolution to move you towards fat and salt and sugar because you on an instinctive level you think these things will help me survive mm -hmm. 
but you're not you're not in the jungle and it, you're you can get all the all of that garbage you want and then if you eat it all the time you get really unhealthy then you need those drugs that they're advertising mm -hmm. but all all you need is the experience of somebody guiding through you through tasting smelling and being present with something that's really good because mm -hmm. once it just but that's not what's on tv and that's not calibration but we have the will which is why i'm so i really cannot wait until you launch the 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 course and i i told you i'm like i'm going to be like literally the walking the ambassador because i'm such i'm one of I, I know you know this, one of your greatest supporters and, and believer in the work, uh, simply because we need new ideas. We need people to higher levels of thinking. I do not want to talk about The Bachelor and I, I don't want to judge, like everyone needs an outlet now and then. But let's talk about the fact that, that you know, three quantum physicists just won a Nobel Prize for proving Einstein wrong. They didn't make the news. So I'm so grateful that you for for now close to three decades, you have been advocating this this notion to come back to your senses, come back to the brilliance that is inherent within, which makes me so, so excited. You know, you mentioned coherent breathing right now, and there's a coherence is is a physical term, and I'm writing about healing on all levels that becoming coherent with ourselves. Great. And the impetus is that mental malaise, right? And there's, I talk a lot about dark night of the soul and that we all have the power to come, like you said, the full flowering of the spirit that you talk about. Yes. So in 2022, which one of the principles do you think is ever more important or most important in our ever divided and mentally sidetracked world. So as I was rereading the book, I'm like, oh my gosh, fumato. And um, for me, the connessione stand out because I'm just like, that's what I need maybe right now. And there's this correlation between sfumato and anxiety. But yes. what do you think, what principles are, all of them, of course, but in, in the most dire need when people are so overwhelmed right now and really suffering, what what would be your go-to uh sorry you just you can't separate them out <laughs> I know. how did i know <laughs> <laughs> you can't i mean really it's it's a it's a part of what you know you asked also why why is the book selling well and why is it touching people and why is it around the world 25 years later because it's more than the sum of its parts you cannot, it's not something that you can uh, take apart and, and separate, even though each, each principle stands by itself. If you just applied any one of the principles of the seven principles, it would dramatically improve the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. But you add, up the, and the principles are in the order they're in for a reason as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a logical flow and you're an establishment of a, a curriculum, a program of self-realization by following the, the order of the, of the principles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you begin with curiosity, which is our birthright, and the, quality, the questions you ask every day determine the quality of your life. So 
if the only question, it, you know, the kind of questions that, that help people get into thinking like Leonardo are questions like, uh, there must be a better way, how can I find it? Uh, you know, how can I, how can I make my life more beautiful? How can I make the life of other people more beautiful? Uh, you know, I notice that I'm feeling lots of anger and fear and, and anxiety. Uh, what can I do to be free from that? So the question is the beginning of everything. And that's why it's the first principle. Mm -hmm. That And then demonstration. Okay, now you have to think for yourself. And Don't that's just follow. That's that discernment we just talked about. That's the discernment. That's right. Okay, so think for yourself. Be a critical thinker. Look at different perspectives. And then sharpen your senses. Sensationis. So in order to penetrate into truth, beauty, and goodness, you have to awaken a more refined sensibility. This is the artist's way of seeing the world that Leonardo's such a supreme representative of. Uh, and it also just enriches the quality of your life and makes your life more beautiful right away. Mm -hmm. But as you do these first three steps, you're asking new questions, you're thinking for yourself, you're sharpening your senses, you're going to have to embrace uncertainty and the unknown. Mm -hmm. Because big questions don't have simple, easy answers. Mm. And if, if you're looking for truth, beauty, and goodness, it's not just a simple checklist. It's, it's a lifetime of contemplation and exploration and, and, and the unknown. And this, you know, this is the real realm of genius. And this is why, where most people don't develop their genius because they want premature certainty in everything. Uh, 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 you know, now I'll give you some certainty. Two plus two really does equal four uh, in our universes with all other things being equal. Two plus two does equal four. And there are a lot of questions that are like that that have just one right answer. Mm -hmm. but those are life's most important questions life's most important questions how can i have more truth beauty goodness how can i have more meaning and purpose uh what's my soul's destiny how do i discover it how do i live it today while also earning a living and and meeting all my responsibilities mm -hmm. uh, just for example those questions mean you're gonna you have to embrace the unknown and and this this creates anxiety. People are anxious anyway. It's just you're either consciously anxious or you're unconsciously anxious. Oh, that's interesting. You write about that in the book as well. Yeah. So so. And then and then, how do you transform anxiety? Mm -hmm. uh, again, we need all the help we can get. Uh, uh, Part of it is by doing is sfumato, is learning to notice that you're anxious. Just that's the simplest level. Don't try to try to change. I mean, yes, I'll tell you, go for a walk in nature, do some exercise, uh, uh, do you know coherent breathing, blah, blah, blah. But before you even try to fix it or change it or transform it, just be present with it. Because mm -hmm. it's okay to be anxious. Everybody is. Mm -hmm. uh, they're either... And, and then, so then if you if you notice it, then you're free to not act it out. Yes, it no longer has power over you. Right. Once, but when you deny it or pretend you aren't or just do whatever addictive thing you need to, you know, like I notice if I have a thought 
and I start feeling anxiety. I will, you know, here's a true confession from the author of How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. I could feel myself wanting to reach for my, tele, my, for my phone to do something to distract me. Mm -hmm. But I'm aware of myself enough to say, no. Focus on my breathing instead. Change my posture instead. Do some Qigong instead. Uh, look outside, go for a walk. Go give a hug to my wife. Mm -hmm. Look at a work of art. Smell a flower. Mm -hmm. so, so we have these moments of choice throughout the day. Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't mean you're, it's not, it's not so, sometimes you'll just catch yourself, oh my God, I went on my phone because I, I couldn't deal with that feeling. Mm -hmm. But at least then you know what you did. You're not totally unconscious. Awareness, you're awake. Awake. Mm -hmm. Awake. So step one is awaken, right? And 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 just be awake to what's going on in your own being. Because the other thing too is then you'll be more awake to other people. You know, you're, like part of how you, if you're not acting out of your anxiety, you can help other people feel more comfortable. Amen. Other people want to be with you. Amen. And as you say that, I just had an aha moment. I knew it, but I feel like being so caught up in this inner storm of our own making, we're so self um, preoccupied that it's very difficult to go out there. And, and that is why that is why I'm so excited. Thank you again and again for talking to me and for including your wisdom in the book, because it's it's this reminder that we need to quiet down the storm through that discernment to to produce works of art to be of service to others that, and and so you see how that then leads into artesiens so how do you free yourself you got to use your whole mind you know make a mind map be imaginative be logical and analytical leads to corporalita balance your body and and your mind do your tai chi practice practice your juggling go for a walk in nature Get on your exercise bike. Do, you know, move. Exercise on a daily basis is something, you know, Leonardo said, go for a walk. Yeah, I still, do you know that what's so interesting? So you and I have this love for forest bathing and Dr. Eva Selha, but we've talked to her as well. So I'm like super excited about the notion, but it was after we did a podcast together that I intentionally now go out, no matter, yesterday was freezing, was frigid here, no matter what, 20 minutes. And that's because of you. Oh, that's so, well, I'm Leonardo would be pleased. <laughs> What's so great then is that you see how it now leads to uh, the, the seventh principle, connezione, because you're out for that walk and then you get the aha idea, you make the connection because you embrace the sfumato, the uncertainty, because you're asking questions because you're thinking for yourself, because you've sharpened your senses, mm -hmm. because you're using more of your brain, because you're moving, you're more able to connect, make connections you wouldn't make otherwise. And that's what geniuses do. They, they see things that other people don't see because their minds are freer and they're more passionately interested in these kinds of questions. I, I really love that. So I have two last questions. Sure. One, one was um, drawing back on the Walter Russell, uh, who, who was a genius of his own, in his own right, he, when he said the mediocrity is self-inflicted and genius is self-bestowed. Uh, 
And I love that quote so much. And I know not everyone can be a Leonardo da Vinci, but that quote gave me permission to drop my mediocrity and claiming I'm not good enough or I can't do it. And then say, how can I, how might I, or why am I interested in this? even if I don't have the skill. So I would love your commentary on the quote because um, I quote Walter Russell quite a bit. Yes. Well, there, you know, there's a fine balance between this notion of our unlimited, incredible potential and the reality that we have some areas we're more talented than others. You know, it's one thing to believe in unlimited human potential. It's another thing to realize what are your limitations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I realized early on in my life, I was not going to make it to the NBA. <laughs> you know, you can say, don't tell me anything's possible. You can do anything. No, I could not play in the NBA. Even if I trained every day, nonstop with the best coaches around the clock, using all my knowledge, I am not going to make it to the NBA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so it's important to accept one's limitations in that in that in that regard. Having now having said all that, what I did learn from playing basketball and other sports that I was you know I was pretty good. Uh, I was a good tennis player. I was a good basketball player. But by attempting to improve in those things, I learned about the process of practice and how to practice well and how to play on a team and how to bring out the best in other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I discovered that I had a talent for working with groups of people and businesses. Uh, which I never expected to do, never expected to do. And I didn't know, even though I realized, okay, I'll never be in the NBA, but all my sports uh, experiences and, and attempting to improve both in team sports and individual sports like tennis, I learned so much about how do you optimize performance? How do you help other people optimize their performance? How do you get a team together? That that served me well, and something it turns out I did have a very high level of talent for, which is facilitating a group. Mm -hmm. So I wound up, you know, becoming you know, one of the best people in the world at doing this. I mean, I I'm a I'm a freaking genius at doing that. I can walk into almost any situation, and I can take people who are way technically smarter than me. I've been doing this from the beginning. I mean, it's early on in my career. I, I, somebody said, you know, are you going to get your PhD? I said, I don't think so, because they're paying me now to teach PhDs. <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching. Sure. Yeah, I'm a, already, why should I pay them when they're paying me? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> right? so, so I just, what I, what I learned, I, I was able to follow where I could apply what I was particularly gifted at. And that also helped me as a coach help other people find where what, what your gift is. Because mm -hmm. uh, some people are just trying to do the wrong thing for, for what their talents are. 
And, and that's very frustrating. And you can do all the rah-rah motivational stuff you want. If you suck at something, you suck. And <laughs> It's radical honesty, but it is. It's awareness. I can't do it. But it's like, are you kidding me? Come on, let's try something else. Uh, 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 but the other side of this is that there's plenty of people who have amazing talent, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to cultivate it. They don't know how to develop it. They don't believe in themselves. And that's that's... I actually find that that's more common is people that I come across with credible talents who are unaware of their, their gifts and haven't learned how to leverage them and develop them and express them or turn them into uh, some path towards success. So this is a brilliant segue for me then, because my last question is, what is your message for people who are right now beaten because they have delegated their power to those of your followers and the silly metrics that we have developed what is what is your message based on all on decades of of this work to those yeah well uh, the message is simply you know my message is there was a guy named jim Rohn who was a well-known motivational speaker and he said this thing he used to say it all the time he say you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with Uh, but it turns out that that anecdotal thing that he said is true. Uh, computational social science, the work of Nicholas Christakis and others, has shown that that's actually true. That the people, let's just expand that, it's the people and the influences that you spend the most time with will determine the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. So if you spend most of your time with people who are unhappy, addicted, way out of shape, uh, angry, and complaining and blaming other people all the time, you're more likely to be that. Mm-hmm. And if you spend your time with Jasna and Leonardo da Vinci- And Michael. <laughs> then things will work out much better for you. So. Choose where you invest your time and your energy because it determines the quality of your life. Oh, I love that so much. Gosh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.